despite what you might have heard in the opening seconds of my last album review, today is actually the fourth day of my classics review week. Yesterday was the third, today is the fourth, and today I'm going to be talking about an album that is pretty much the cornerstone of progressive rock, uh, The Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. British rockers Pink Floyd formed in the 1960s and gained a following through their long, experimental, psychedelic, and often philosophical music. The band was formed by Sid Barrett, uh, Nick Mason, Roger Waters, and Richard Wright. But by the time of the recording of The Dark Side of the Moon, uh, Sid had famously left the group due to deteriorating mental health issues. At this point, uh, Roger Waters took the helm of the group as the primary lyricist of Pink Floyd and began to steer the band into a more concept-driven and concise direction. Whereas the band's earlier work was long-winded and psychedelic, the band's work starting with The Dark Side of the Moon was a much more direct and conceptualized approach to their sound. In fact, on this album, Waters is the sole lyricist which lends a hand to the Connectivity album, as well as the idea that the album uh, works as two sides of the CD. Uh, one side follows the album through connectivity, as does the other, but neither are connected. Uh, the two songs separating the middle of the album are a little disjointed, but the rest of the songs throughout the album's sides flow together very well. The Dark Side of the Moon is the beginning of the concept era of Pink Floyd, but doesn't have as solid of a story as albums like The Wall. What really connects the songs on The Dark Side of the Moon is their relationship to the cover photo, the iconic refraction of light through a prism, which to the designer of the image was meant to represent how society muddles the concept of unity. The light entering the prism uh, prism is one uniform light. Then as it enters the prism or society, the light, which represents unity is broken up, leaving an absence of unity. The dark side of the moon translates this concept to the ideas of conflict, greed, uh, the passage of time, death, and insanity. Many of the, uh, latter concepts, uh, dealing with their actual personal connection to mental health issues, especially through their band member who had just recently left the band. The album was recorded at Abbey Road Studios and was recorded so that each side would play as one continuous piece of music. The first side of the album begins with the short, nondescript Speak to Me, which has a constant thrumming and buzzing instrumental uh, without ever actually having one concrete sound brought through uh, that features overlaid snippets of moments from each song on the first side of the album while slowly building in volume until it explodes into the first song, which is a settling of the dust of sorts that really reorients the listener and eases them into the world of the dark side of the moon. Breathing the air is desolate and spacey with laid-back vocals and slow, steady electric instrumentation. It acts as something of a brief second opening before diving straight into the instrumental song On the Run. On the Run, again, has a very spacey feel with constant modulating synths that wash over the instrumentals in waves and are layered over a repetitive accented percussion. The synths sound like Doppler effects constantly coming in and out at the listener. 
The song slowly builds up the distortion before all the sounds almost become one indistinguishable sound leading into the song Time. Time is the first song on the album that makes use of uh, music concrete, which is a style of abstract experimental instrumentation that uses recorded sounds as instrumentals in time its use it's the use of clocks in the beginning and then a pulsating metronome throughout the song that uses uh concrete recorded sounds as actual parts of the instrumental time is drenched in reverb and delay for the first part of the song before slowly honing itself in and bursting into a more heavy and direct instrumental that makes use of alternating guitar melodies that are so slippery you can barely hold on to them until the chorus which uses choral like backing and a slowed down percussion rhythm which allows for a knife brief interlude in the song before speeding back up into the disorienting verses Time slows down and disintegrates into the big gig in the sky, which is the final piece in the first interconnected movement on the album. The big gig in the sky is characterized by sliding guitars and high-pitched vocals that are mixed into the middle of the song on the first half of the song. The second half keeps the vocals the, the same, but slowly eases them into a piano-based ballad that also brings the album's first half to a close and eases the listener into the second half which starts with the song money money much like time also uses uh music concrete with the instrumental uh opening being based around a loop of cash register sound effects the up and down guitars are blended with modulated chords and broken percussion that perfectly mirrors the vocals as water sings about the vices of greed and riches the song features a long saxophone solo that dominates the middle ground of the track before the lead guitar starts to mirror the saxophone solo and the saxophone is slowly phased out. The saxophone is the first time you hear it on this song, is the first time you hear it on the album, and is a recurring instrument used throughout the second movement. The song continues like this uh, until it slowly phases into Us and Them, a somewhat ambient piece in the beginning with organs and quiet lyrics that become more ambitious when the saxophone, again a major component of the second side of the album, comes in which signifies the chorus, which is an uproarious explosion of sound uh, that ultimately settles back into the ambient nature of the verses. The final three songs of the album flow together better than any of the other consecutive songs, in my opinion. I think they're interconnected instrumentals that are somewhat modulations of each other throughout each song flow together very well. All feature synthesized pianos, reverb edited guitars, often put through wah-wah pedals. They have jerky percussion and often minimal vocals that coalesce specifically well on the song Brain Damage, which features the line that the album is named after when he says the dark side of the moon. The final song, Eclipse, is almost like the credit music of the album with uh, very triumphant sounding constant symbols and buildup that signifies the end of the album. The lyrics outline a summation of everything brought up throughout the dark side of the, the moon and relates them to the values and identities of the band members as they project those values onto the average listener. 
The final 30 seconds or so are dominated by silence, which I think conceptually closes the album and imitates uh, what the album represents, the dark side of the moon or the dark side of society. There are a lot of things to discuss around the album. It catapulted all members of Pink Floyd into the public eye. It boosted their careers and it especially helped the career of the album engineer Alan Parsons, who won a Grammy for this album for his engineering work and is seen as a moment in rock history that's importance is often compared to that of OK Computer's importance, the album by Radiohead. My favorite speculation around this album is the theory often called the dark side of the rainbow or the dark side of Oz, which speculates that Pink Floyd wrote the album with the intention for it to be an unofficial soundtrack to the 1939 Wizard of Oz movie. Uh, people who listen to the album and watch the film simultaneously have noted that there are some interesting uh, times in which those two sync up perfectly, such as when Dorothy begins to jog at the same time Waters sings the lyric, No one told you when to run during the song Time, as well as the moment when Dorothy bounces on a tightrope fence during the line Balanced on the Biggest Wave in the song Breathe. Uh, members of Pink Floyd continuously deny this theory, but often talk about how they think it's a fun idea. Obviously, they're not synced up, although they conceptually do fit well together, and there are some of those paradoxical moments where the lyrics and the imagery sync up perfectly. Uh, in short, The Dark Side of the Moon is its really just a trip and a half. It's a great album that jump-started Pink Floyd's more serious and conceptual career as a band, and in my opinion, The Dark Side of the Moon is a very strong 9 out of 10.